Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and Up and Under networks. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. All right, Pelicans fans, this is uh, David Grubb with the Bird Rights, and you are listening to the Bird Calls podcast. I am here today with an old friend of mine, um, ACC legend, uh, longtime uh, professional basketball player, and now assistant basketball coach with both of our alma maters, uh, Wake Forest University, um, Mr. Randolph Childress. Randolph, great to have the opportunity to talk to you again. Uh, we go way back. And uh, it's been a while, but uh, glad to catch up with you. Oh, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad I can make it. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, you weren't just a, a really good basketball player. You and I played on a flag football team <laughs> together. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> you remember that? Me, you, John I Leach. <laughs> I, I remember that well. And we were I cruising. That well. And I remember yeah, the we day. <laughs> That uh, Coach Odom came out and said that was it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was. Um, yeah, I, I saw me playing one day, leaving the office, and uh, he called me in the office. We, like you said, we were rolling along undefeated and playing well. And Odom uh, was going home from work one day, and he saw me playing. He saw us out there. He looked. He didn't say anything that day, so he called me in the office. And said, hey, he says, "Come by the office uh, in the morning. You know, after class, I want to see you." So I walk in his office, and he's telling me the story. He said, you know what? He said, yesterday I saw this kid out on the field, and I saw him throw this football, and I, I went to talk to the coach. He said, I went to talk to the coach, and I asked him, to, you know, that he needed to invite this kid out on his, on his team, and then I realized it was you. And then his next comment was, what the hell are you thinking? And he just went off. So after that, he was like, I better never catch you out on that football field again. So that, that shut my football aspiration down at that point, so. That was right. Good time. We had a great time. Good time. A... Good time. <laughs> and those were some great years. Uh, you know, I, I always refer to that as probably the second, what I call the second golden age of the ACC. You know, you had the 80s with Jordan and, and uh, Lynn mm-hmm. Bias and all those teams. And then when you and I were at, at Wake, you know, obviously Wake Forest, two ACC championships. Yeah, what was going on at Carolina, they were always something. Mm-hmm. But Maryland with Joe Smith and NC State and Todd Fuller. And, I mean, it was just from top to bottom, you know, Bob Sura and Sam Cassell over at Florida State. Just top to bottom, it was as tough a conference as it had ever been. So, I mean, you yeah, know, you've seen – Oh, absolutely. So, you've seen the best. Um, you played with the best. Uh, you know, you, you were in the NBA – um, I also say this too about you when, when when I talk to people, like you're one of those guys, and I know you would never, you don't regret anything that you that probably happened in your career, probably because you're just not one of those people mm-hmm. who looks backwards. But to me, you were one of those guys that came along a little too early, because you look at the NBA now, 
and what guards are allowed to do. Man, yeah. you you have to yeah. feel like that space, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that that it would have been fun. It would have been fun being able to, 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 to you know without the hand checking and the physicality and those those things. It would have been it would have been fun to play in some of these rules. But listen, the game has evolved as well, so it's gotten better in some aspects. But uh, you know, I, I don't regret it. But again, I, I you know if we had I have had that what if conversation sometimes. <laughs> um. You know, you've been with the the staff now um, at Wake Forest mm-hmm. for four years, right? Yeah, yeah, five years. Five years, yeah. And you started off in operations. Now you've been on the bench the last four, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you've seen, I mean, again, you've seen, you know, some incredible players over the last few years come through. And this year's no right. exception. And there's a lot of interest in New Orleans about um, certainly Zion Williamson as the presumptive number one pick in this draft. And then several mm-hmm. other guys who could end up in New Orleans. So I, I wanted to talk to you today and get your feedback. You've strategized against them. You've seen them up close. Right. So right. Um, I, I just, I know you've got some insights on them. Um, of right. course, let's start with, with the big man, Zion Williamson, uh, 6'7", right. 280. You see the mm-hmm. athleticism. He reminds me of three guys in particular, um, Charles Barkley, Larry Johnson, and um, another guy that we know, Rodney Rogers, um, yeah. a lot of pieces of their games. What do you see in Zion as his, um, you know, as a player? And then if you could talk about also the strengths that he can trans that will translate immediately to the NBA and those things that you could see um, him having to work on. Well, he's one of those players. I really don't know if we've seen anything like him. I mean, you're talking about. 280, 285, uh, with that elite athleticism. Um, so it's it's just a, you know, you, it's just a unique way. It, will he be a, a Draymond type of kid in that Rodney Rogers or that 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 Charles Barkley, you know, type of type of size that we, you know, you mentioned before. Um, I just don't think a lot of people have seen it. I know in, in the collegially, I hadn't seen it, anything like it. Uh, so it, it was, you know, when you watched him and you competed against him, you realized that uh, he was something special. I didn't see him in high school. I didn't know it would translate that that quickly for him. But man, when he got here, his basketball IQ, his selfishness was was uh, it was actually fun to watch. One of the things that people say is underrated about him, well, two things: one, his on-ball defense, his and his ball handling. Do you see him yeah. as at that size as a quality on-ball defender and as somebody who at six seven may have to play the small forward position at times? Can he handle the ball and create? I think he can do some of the similar things. I don't I don't like comparing guys like that, but I think he can do some of the things like you know depending on the system. Obviously, that's going to be critical for all players, but uh, he can do some of the things like Draymond does. Uh, he he would have to uh, he won't be asked to score maybe as much. I mean, Draymond kind of embraces defensive role, and that and, and again, I don't like to make an awesome comparison, but he fits that type of bill. He's able to switch and guard one through five. Um, you know, underrated ball skills, and he really is a good unselfish passer. He really is a good player, uh, passer of the basketball. So um, those are things I think translate day one, and I don't care what system or where you play on, he's going to be able to do those things. He's taking advantage of smaller guards, and he's going to, uh, um, you know, face up and drive bigger, you know, bigger power forwards and such. 
do you think um, his perimeter defense, you know, in the NBA, you're looking at guys 6'10 and 6'11 out on the perimeter um, who are able to right. just pull up and shoot in that mm-hmm. space area, dealing with that size. Cause you know, college basketball size isn't there like it used to be. Um, right. How is that an adjustment to the strength and size of professionals and then having to be able to cover that space. Uh, it's just different in the NBA. Uh, you said he's, you can tell how smart he is on the court, but it, mm-hmm. how, how, how steep a learning curve is that for any person coming from college to the NBA? I think it's a steep learning curve, but again, uh, he's going to come through the door naturally bigger than pretty much anyone else. Uh, there's not going to be much, he, you know, now again, he's going to a league of men instead of boys. So he's going to face guys that are equally as strong as he is. But the combination of his size and athleticism, there, there's not many. Uh, now, again, there's going to be bigger guys that he's going to have to cover. And, and people want to point to the elite players in the game, but those guys are tough to guard no matter who's guarding them. So uh, I think he'll do exceptionally well. I really do. I'll, I'll be surprised if he stumbles. Uh, he's going to a good team, a good coach. Alan Gentry was a coach of mine in the Pistons, so I know he's he, he'll do well. He'll put him in position to be really, really effective. I mean, defensively, he'll find his way. He, he's, he has a competitive nature about him, and he's a winner. And I think the fans in New Orleans, obviously, the static to have him will be, uh, you know, be able to cheer him on through his adjustments. It'll be a learning curve no matter what. The league is really hard. It's a tough league. Um, but he's definitely someone that, um, coming out the gate, not a lot of people have seen with that type of size and athleticism. Well, the expectations obviously for him are incredibly high. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, David Griffin, the general manager of the Pelicans, it says that no, you know, no 19 year old should be expected to come in and be a savior his first year. Uh, what, what should, how should fans, you know, approach this type of thing? I mean, we were around Tim and Tim was a number one draft pick when he came out of weight and there were high expectations for him. But Zion, it seems like it's even on a higher level. It's almost LeBron-level expectations for him coming in as a rookie. Do you think that's fair for him? And, and just how should fans kind of just approach this? Fair or not, I, the good thing that I can say this, I, I think he's used to it. He, mm-hmm. has been, uh, he has been a center of attention in the AAU circuit and the, the high school circuit, and, and, and we saw what he did. He was basically the face of college basketball. So I, I don't think the attention is going to bother him one bit. He's going to line up. He's going to compete. And he's going to play. You know, he's going to compete as hardest. I think the level of, of expectations that need to be, you know, you don't want to compare him to somebody all the time right. right away. I mean, even Tim, you know, David Robinson was there when he got there. Tim was drafted to a really good program. And so you got to be, you know, like I said, if, if, will Anthony Davis be there? Probably not. Now, if he's playing with Anthony Davis, things will be a little different for him. Everybody would want to play with a guy like that. So. Um, you know, if he, you know, some, I, I think he would have it no other way other than being thrown in the fire and, and, and competing and figuring it out. And I have no doubt that he will. He's, he's answered every challenge that's been placed in front of him. I think the only really serious question mark is about his ability to shoot from distance. Um, right. I think he was about a 27% three-point shooter um, for Duke right. this season. Do you see his shot as just something that maybe needs more repetition or is there something that, you know, uh, that maybe he's just not, you know, it, it looks like it's a little bit of a flat jumper at times. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you see that that being, uh, it just seems to me that's something that he's going to have to focus on because we know in the league now, if you can't be at least a respectable um, outside shooter, it's, 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 it's a hard, right. uh, it makes it much harder to stay on the floor. 
It does, but again, when you when you're able to defend multiple positions the way he is, I don't think he needs to come out trying to prove he's a three point shooter. Uh, he'll mm-hmm. be a tough matchup for guys. So his ability to defend and do other things will buy him time until his jump shot develops. Um, sometimes I think with some of those guys, when you're when you're an elite athlete like him, you don't you don't he doesn't elevate as much as you know you someone else normally would on a jump shot. You know I think he's just fine on the common ground when he does. So he has a little bit of a set shot, but uh, he's so quick and so athletic and, and strong that you're going to give him space. Because if you line up on him, he, he he's like I said, he'll get by you. Um, and it's athleticism is second to none. So I think that, like I said, that translates day one. But he'll work at it. He'll get time to compete. I just think coming through the gate, don't expect him the first year to be, you know, over the summer between his last game at Duke and the first NBA game to be a 40% three-point shooter. But I think he won't be a high-volume three-point shooter when he comes through uh, initially. But he'll he'll take good shots and, and – uh, and increase his percentages. I don't think he forced threes. Uh, he didn't do it in high school, and I don't think he'll do it at the NBA level either. When you game planned against him, obviously mm-hmm. it was a hard thing to do, but what were the things that the coaching staff, when you guys got together, what were the things that you wanted to try to take away from him uh, just to, to, to maybe, you know, to make him less effective? You know, it's funny, none of it worked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we awesome. tried, uh, yeah, it didn't work. We tried initially, hey, you wanted him to shoot, you know, you wanted to give him three. He's so explosive and quick, we wanted to step back and, and make him take take and make jump shots. Well, he starts the game off, uh, he hits two threes. So like, okay, well, we got to get out there some, eventually. I think he ended up making two or three threes in the game. We played him. Uh, we were their first road game. So it was a big game for Duke. Um, we were the first road game for him this year, and he was he was absolutely incredible. Um, you're just watching him firsthand and seeing some of the things he was doing. Uh, you know, you tried to you know make a mid jump shooter, but then he starts making jump shots. Um, put bigger guys on him. He just when he when he pushed it off the glass, it, it was just a nightmare for you. So we try to put smaller guys on you and. Uh, his willingness to go in the post and go inside and hurt you on the glass and then smaller guards was vital. So he's going to make himself, uh, his, his, like I said, his basketball IQ and the way he played instead of worrying about trying to prove people wrong, uh, was which I loved about him. Because a lot of times with young kids, it's like you're backing off. It's like, okay, he made two jump shots and you're thinking that he'd sit there and just try to bomb threes all night. He didn't do that. We, when we adjusted the assignments on him. He made the adjustment against him and, and really hurt us. Is there any worry about um, him being able being able to pass out of a double team if he's if two larger no. players? No, no, no. I don't see that being a problem. I mean, if what he lacks in his height, he he, he sure as heck's gonna make that up when it's with his athleticism. So um, it, it, it's gonna be. Uh, it, I think some, in some aspects it can work to his advantage. I wouldn't worry about that as much. Uh, he just, he may not throw it over the top, but he's capable of finding an angle. Um, but but that was the that probably was the biggest skill that he impressed me the most with was I thought his ability as a passer was was really really good. To wrap up on Zion, just if you if you had to describe him in, in just a couple of words, and you were making a quick assessment of him for somebody, um, what would you you know what would you say? I'm sorry, say it again. If if you were just if you had to boil him down to just a couple of words and some like adjectives about his game, um, give me three adjectives that you think would sum up his game. 
Wow. Um, I, <laughs> I, 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 I've never. I just you. you I, I just biggest. I, you know, it's funny. I, I, I'm speechless. With pro, I mean, I mean, in the sense of you just there's nothing you've seen like them. And and it's really hard, you know. I don't like making comparisons like right. you. You know, we were there with Rodney, and I made the comparison. I'm really speechless with some of the things he could he could do. Um, he's different than a LeBron in a sense because LeBron was more of a of a, of a point of a natural guard. But you're talking about 285 at, at, at 19 years old. Um, I think his body will change. Uh, That'll change for him, but but the way he plays the game, uh, wow! I mean, I, I'm just I've been a fan. I really was. I was really, really excited for the game of basketball to see someone with all the level of expectations on him and the way he played and handled himself. So I'm really struggling to find some you know way to describe him other than uh, was just really super impressed with with how he was for all the expectations and everything that was placed upon him and see the way he handled himself and the way he competed on a day in and night out, uh, night in and night out basis and the way he made in-game adjustments to the way teams were trying to, to defend him was, was, was truly admirable to watch. And I, I have a, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does at the next level. And I think you, you wrapped it up real well. You said you're speechless. I think that was the most natural I am. thing. I, 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 yeah. I, I, I'm just being honest. I, <laughs> You have you over there shaking your hands at this level. I was like, I, we got nothing. Like, I, you know, you know so, we got nothing. And this, I ask you this now, of course, head coach of Wake is Danny Manning, who led the yeah. Kansas to a national championship, had a very yeah. long career in the NBA. Yeah. And of course, he yeah. saw everything too. What were those yeah. conversations with him like? Look, I looked over at Danny and I and I looked over at him and I'm like, you got the eligibility left? How your knees feeling? That was that was about the only thing I thought I could ask. I knew I couldn't guard him, so I, uh, he laughed. He looked at me and laughed, and he said, "Are you kidding me?" And, and you know, you just you're watching stuff like that, and you know you don't see it often. But he was he was just different. You know, he was just a different player um, that you just don't see come along very often in that respect, and, and that's why you see the with, with the excitement of what what he could become. His teammate, R.J. Barrett, coming into the season was the number one guy in the country. The president, yeah. At the time, he was the guy everybody thought was going to be the number one draft pick. And he had his ups and downs over the course of the season. And his stock you mm-hmm. know, didn't drop, but he's, he's now maybe the third, second or third, maybe even fourth um, selection in the, in the draft. Mm-hmm. Is R.J. at the next level, is he a two guard or is he a small forward? Um, you know, where do you see him fitting? Is he a guy who's going to have to play multiple positions? What's what? You, what were your impressions of RJ watching him? I think he'll he could play the two or you know small ball lineups, which a lot of people get to now. He can play any one of those positions. Uh, elite competitor. Um, you know, jump shot can be a little inconsistent, but if he hit that consistently and you you just couldn't you might as well it was Zion 2.0 you weren't going to guard but his motor and his tenacity was 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 as good as anybody in college basketball um and it made him really special uh you knew what he was doing and you couldn't stop him um he carried that group when Zion was down and he's he's a he's a he's a heck of a competitor as well 
he was uh, um, essentially forced to be Duke's primary ball handler. They just didn't get a lot of production out of the point guard position. And there were games where he had a lot of turnovers. Um, was right. that a function of that responsibility really being kind of it's tr- him trying to figure out how to balance passing the ball and scoring the ball? Or are there some issues with his decision making? I think a lot of times it's just the adjustments you got to make. I think it, you know you get in this league. There's a lot of there's a lot of great coaches in this league, and they're going to put kids in, a, in, in difficult situations. I thought he handled himself well uh, with the the circus kind of atmosphere that followed those guys everywhere they went. I thought they embraced it and they handled it with with the class. Um, and I thought he remained true to who he was throughout that. You know, he, he's he, he's uh, I think those are the things that he does. He works so hard. Um, you don't worry about that because you play. You see how how you, you see how hard he played, and, and and the ability to take different responsibilities on. And like you said, when he had to become more of the primary ball handler, he did those things. And that might have been new. He has been. Uh, I remember when Danny coached him before he, you know, Danny coached him with, over the summer. Played against him in the summer prior to USA basketball, and they beat the US. And he came home and he said, "Hey, RJ Barrett, the bucket." that we couldn't do anything with them. And so, uh, and again, when we played them the second time around without Zion, he put that team on his back and he carried them. So, um, again, he's another he's another really good talent. I think long-term he'll be an NBA two-guard, um, but really, really elite competitor and, and, and a really tenacious player that, that's going to compete. His motor is, is what you're looking for in, in any type of player. Uh, he plays with a, with an elite motor that, that very few guys do. When you when you talk about um, the responsibility that he took on, you talk about his attitude, his work ethic. The, one of the things that people have have maybe used against him is this whole Mamba mentality thing. Did you mm-hmm. see any type of diva behavior or selfish basketball watching him? Was that you know did was was that ever a discussion? coaches is, and, and that you felt like you could take him out because he was going to look for his own shot ahead of his teammates or is that just something that uh is is just a mischaracterization of that young man i, I think it's a mischaracterization of him because i think part of what happens with these guys is that they're doing what they've always done i don't think Duke tried to make him anything different they obviously improved wanted to help him improve but he's been a bucket getter all his life so i think that when 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 you get in the heat of the battle. That's what his mentality is because that's what it always was, is to get a bucket. And he did a hell of a job doing so. Um, I, I think it's just, you know, him having to adjust and make the adjustments and, and what defenses was going to him. I mean, he's like all these kids. They have to get better. But it's a heck of a lot to start with. There's a good start. There's a good amount of talent there and potential with someone like him. Um, and, I, again, I thought he was a, a really good player. He was really fun to watch and see his development over it over time and, and it's not easy for for a person to to take on a responsibility to be quite honest that they've never had to before and not and definitely not in, in the ACC level um uh, that's a tough place to kind of learn on the fly and I thought he did it I thought he handled himself well do you think that if Zion and RJ both ended up on the same team that they could still function well in the NBA um, you know, together, or do you, or just as a, as from a player perspective, would you, if you were RJ, would you like to establish yourself on your own and figure out those things and not have to be joined in, even if that is your one of your closest friends? 
they want to win. That's the one thing I can guarantee you about both of them from competing against both of them is that they're going to want to win. And uh, playing with each other, I think there's a level of trust and camaraderie that comes with that. Um, obviously, at the next level, there's enough opportunities for both of those guys. I think they, they, they played well and fed off one another doing last year. And to get to the NBA, I don't see why that would change or how that would change. Again, to wrap up on RJ, um, you know, what would be those adjectives that, that, w- that would come to mind when you're just thinking about his game? I just think the mo- elite motor, uh, an elite competitor, one of the most competitive players uh, in college basketball last year, in determination. I thought he was just so determined. Um, to, 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 and you saw that mainly a lot when Zion went down. I thought he, he put, like I said, he put the group on his back when he had to. Uh, we tried everything possible during that, our, our second game against him. It went down to the wire, but he still was 30, 30 plus points on it. So. Um, he, he is he is just a determined player um, with, with a really, really high motor about him. All right, let's move on to the last of the Duke trio, um, Cam Reddish. When he came in, I thought he had an extremely high ceiling. He was, I thought, you know, just watching the way he moved, the way he played, um, I felt like right. he was a top five pick um, coming out. But over the course of the season, again, just because of all the – the things that were going on, the moving parts, and, and some of those other players that maybe didn't develop as quickly for the Blue Devils. Um, it seemed like there were times when he got lost in the shuffle, um, but I'm still very mm-hmm. high on him. W- what were your impressions of Cam, uh, and, and what are the strengths of his game? Uh, what does he bring to the table? I think the biggest thing is you're right. I mean, he oozes so much potential uh, talent-wise. I had a chance of being around Cam from seeing him in high school when he was younger, recruiting uh, Brandon Randolph and Mohamed Bomber at Westtown. So I would see him up there quite a bit. Um, super talented kid, um, super talented kid. And I don't know, that will be more inside of what, what did or did not happen with the trio as much. I just think it's tough and someone has to take more of a natural uh, backseat to it. I thought one of the things from watching him in high school to, to do I thought for him, and, and, and honestly, he would have to answer this, he'd always played with the ball in his hand. I just thought the because he had played point guard in high school. So mm-hmm. I always thought the adjustment for him was just getting somewhere and not playing with the ball. And that's just something that he needs to learn that, to figure out. And that, that's tough when, you, when you're accustomed to, you know, having the ball in your hand all the time. And then that, that's not – some people need that to, to, to kind of find the rhythm. And when you've always had the ball, uh, no matter how – like I just named you that team, and that, that, that team was as talented a team that has been in high school recently, and he was the point guard on that team. And so to get to college and not have the ball in your hands, I thought it took him some time, and it led to some of his inconsistencies because of that. He just didn't play, you know, play with the ball as much as, as he, had, he had in the past. But his strengths that you noticed even going back to high school, what are those things that, that separated him made, you know, and made him one of those, those highly, slaughtered, uh, highly sought after recruits? Well, he's probably a legit 6'9 now. I mean, he, 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 he's taller than, than RJ and, and, and Zion. So that's the one thing. And he has really good ball skills. I mean, so, so he, his, his versatility is, wow. I mean, it's, it's, it's scary when you see it. 
And I think people were concerned because the overall production they felt like wasn't always there for someone who had so much uh, uh, potential. Uh, but 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 I, I you know I, I I'm a fan of his and like I said from his high school days and um, didn't quite understand myself how you know he he wasn't you know as a he, he struggled sometimes I thought to adjust uh, to playing with 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 multiple stars and I thought his biggest adjustment wasn't playing with those guys as much as it was not not having the ball in his hand as much as he was accustomed to to initiate the offense. Well, let's move on now to uh, the other school in Carolina, the North Carolina Tar Heels, and they have a, a couple of guys that I'd like to discuss. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, at the top of that list would be Kobe White, uh, 6'5", uh, you know, played point this year for them, but was known mm-hmm. more as a shooter coming into college. Right. Um do you see, uh, you know, this is the era of positionless basketball. Point guard maybe right. doesn't mean the same thing for some teams as it used to. Right. Does he have the shooting ability, passing ability, ball handling ability to be a consistent starter um, at this level? Yes. I think that, I, I think he, at times I think he, he's just a bucket getter. I thought he was as good of a scorer as there is in college basketball in any position. Um, I think sometimes when you want to impress people, I think you're trying to adjust to people say, oh, well, you're playing a point and you need to, to figure out how to run a team and you need to, he can score the basketball. He can flat out score the basketball. So if some team is looking for somebody to let him come in day one and do that, that would be a smart move. He can learn and figure the other stuff out, but, He'll he'll evolve at that, but man, he could Kobe can always flat out score the basketball with ease. It just it just was a natural thing, man. I think you now, do Roy, him an injustice if you're trying to make him do something else. You know, you mm-hmm. want to do it because you you know for being a point guard, but he's six five. So if he's a six five kind of combo guard, it doesn't matter. But he is a he's a bucket getter, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's a, he he is, he does that as good as anyone. On the defensive end. Um, you know, the, he has some length, you know, good wingspan. Um, he, he probably also, just like every one of these kids, needs to get bigger. Uh, right. But are the fundamentals there from, from your perspective to be um, a solid team and on-ball defender? I think when he, he was challenged, I thought he stepped up and answered the challenge. You know, like most young guys. Um, you know, initially early on, I thought there was some adjustment periods to figuring out what you were doing. And, and I think once you made those adjustments, I'm sure they were scattered for adjustments. And uh, Coach, Coach Williams challenged him a little bit. Um, I, I thought he responded, you know, with his defensive and intensity. His ability to penetrate, like you said, he's a scorer. He can get buckets. He gets to the rim. Um, and, and if he were to come to New Orleans, let's say, and, and play with a Zion Williams uh, in transition, Obviously, that could be very exciting, but can he in the half court? Is he um, and the game slows when the game slows down? Um, would you feel confident, just you know, in his ability to run a more structured offense after those early opportunities aren't there in the shot clock? Oh, I think he, I, I think he'll do better than that than people give him credit for. Because again, when things slow down and everybody wants to execute a play, but at some point, everyone knows what you're running. And uh, you just need to have somebody to have the ball that, that has an ability to put the ball in the basket. And like I said, he does that better than anyone at this level. 
And I think some of that will translate with his size as a guard. I mean, he's a six-five guard with, with with good length and, and good athleticism, but I think it'll translate to the next level as well. And, and being that, um, it's a lot easier to kind of teach some of the other things that it is to teach someone like to put the ball in the basket with ease his the way team, he does. His teammate Cameron Johnson is one of those guys who, you know, every year is the high grade because of the potential. Uh, you know, the right, production right. may not have been what was expected this year, but a lot of potential. So what right. are what are the things that folks um, if when he comes into the NBA, um, the things that he'll be able to do immediately, though, we know he's probably a two, three year project to get to the level of, you know, a potential starter or a complete rotation guy. He's going to be a. A, a legitimate, a really good three point shooter day one. Uh, the physicality, he'll have to adjust to the physical physicality of the game like like most of the kids outside of Zion will have to do. Um, there'll be adjustment period for him with that. But, man, he can flat out shoot the basketball with the best of So probably some levels of playing on a more consistent level with him with that will be probably his adjustment alongside just continuing to evolve in the game. He needs to continue to, 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 to maybe put it down on the floor, you know, more than he did at Carolina. Um, but man, he, he, he really, I thought he really stepped up and, and, and put himself to a player that I don't know if you really considered him doing that at Pitt to what he ended up showing, what he could do at Carolina. I thought was, uh, I thought he involved and started really playing at, and shooting the basketball at a high clip. Uh, maybe he's a potential early, you know, the, the role early on, maybe as a three and D guy off the bench. Right. That's what I would think he would be early on. His other teammate, Nasir Little, his season was considered a disappointment. Big expectations for him. Didn't maybe put up right. the numbers that people expected. But again, another one of those guys with huge potential. Was it, From watching him, did you see where the disconnect was? Was the adjustment just, you know, some guys take a while to adjust. Did it, was yeah. it just yeah. a lot of that? Or could you just still see those raw skills that were there? Yeah, you know what? I would – that would be a question you would have to ask his coaches mm -hmm. to get more depth on and more information on. But I would – if I had to just from an outside opinion of it, I would – sometimes what happens with, with a lot of freshmen is it's, um, it's information overload. You know, they're learning something different. And when you're a guy like him, he's playing multiple positions. And when you're doing it, that, that when those guys, it's like Jalen Hoyt with us, it was, they had to learn multiple positions and, and multiple things. So when you were learning plays on that, and I always call it, guys get parallels, I mean, paralyzed with, uh, with, with information, and then they stop playing. And then, you know, when you stop playing, you, you start watching, and then the game is just too fast. And, and those guys just need more time to, to fully show. They give you potential. They play in flashes. You know, and, and you can't play as hard as you can play unless you're certain about what you're doing. And that would be my outside opinion about it. I'm not sure. It seems like as a sidebar, just, you know, we see every year that the elite programs, it's two, three, sometimes four freshmen in the main rotation. And these guys, like mm -hmm. you said, have come from programs where they were the guy. Um, mm -hmm. and, they, and these are all guys who are on these short-term plans to get through school. And I'm not faulting anybody mm -hmm. for that. You do what's best for your life. But right. it, it seems that that makes it so much harder 
for all of us. It makes it harder for the players right. to adjust quickly. It makes it harder for the coaches to get their systems in. It makes it harder for people who are looking to evaluate because everybody's trying to figure everybody out. Right. <laughs> so I just, I just wonder from you as a coach and you, you, you know, you had a John Collins who left early, um, a guy like that. Mm-hmm. How, how do you manage that in trying to do what's best for the player individually, knowing when you have a special talent, a guy who you can see is going to be on the next level while still trying to build that team concept into the, into your, t- uh, you know, into the, the, t- the structure. Well, you always, you always want to, you know, you have to get, but you have to have buy-in and, you, and it's always going to be sacrificed, even from your, from even your best players. So when you have your, your, your most, you know, one thing about the, the collegiate game, your the NBA player or a player that has some NBA talent may not always be your best player. So even when it's that situation or if that one and done kid or that incoming freshman is your best player, there still needs to be a level of sacrifice that, that the teams come first. And you can, you know, and, and when that's where the trust factor comes in. If the, if the young man trusts you enough, it's like, hey, if you do this, you'll get to where you want to get, you'll get to. So um, that's sometimes just built within a relationship that you obviously start doing a recruitment. But when you get them on campus, you got to let them know and that, that their the team success comes first but that what they're willing to accomplish is, is, is equally important to you as well. Um, you know, and that's kind of the way we approach it with our guys is like, listen, when they, when that time presents itself, we want it for you. Uh, John was a little different because John didn't come in with all the hype, mm-hmm. but obviously as the season went on, he just put himself in a situation to be some, do some really great things. And, um, you know, when John, and then John decided to put his name in, it was like, Hey, you're going to be a mid to late first round draft pick. And uh, and it worked out for him. And, he, and, and like I said, we're, we're proud of him. Just a, just an awesome kid and an awesome young man. And he's turning himself into a heck of a player. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. And I'll tell you this. There were a lot of discussions here about folks who wanted to make a deal to send AD to Atlanta and bring back John. That's oh, I'm how, sure. Oh, I mean, I'm, he's sure. I'm sure. very he's highly thought of. Awesome kid. Like, like, I mean, I can't stress enough that I'm so happy for him and for his mom, Larry. They, they are, they have been salt of the earth people, and and I'm so proud of them to, 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 to have coached them and to to be someone I can call on and just talk to about things, how things are going with them. And he's just a great, uh, you know, when he walked into a room, he he lit the room up. He has left a standard here that I felt like off the court with guys. That's something that I look forward to when. In, in recruiting kids now, and John would just light a room up with his positive attitude and and his work ethic, and and uh, it's just not surprising that he's turned himself into a heck of a player. Just next time you talk to him, don't don't do don't do the playing thing, don't do, at the dunk contest. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I was, <laughs> I, I was, you know, I still when I meet him, I still have to take him to dinner. So after that, when I told him he was gonna have to pay after that, when he pulled that stunt after the you know the dunk contest, I was like, listen. I know I agreed. I was going to always pay for meals, but you're going to have to, you got to pay for that one. So I'm going to have to. <laughs> he owes me a meal. He owes me a meal for that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Back to the players. We got three more guys I want to run through real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, you can't you can't talk about the, some of the best players, the best players in this country, without talking about DeAndre Hunter. Um, you saw, mm-hmm. obviously, we all saw the year before when he wasn't there. Virginia loses in the first round. 
He comes back. He leads them to a national championship. Um, he's he, he's one of those guys that doesn't wow you athletically, but he's a basketball player, in my opinion. Just a basketball player. How do you see him? Uh, again, he's another one of those guys who's going to – unbelievable work ethic. Unbelievable work ethic. So you're right. He's not going to – he's not I'll, – I'll say this, and, and it's, he's not. Kawhi, but if you had watched Kawhi in a workout, it wouldn't have wowed you. Mm-hmm. And and he's not that, but he that's kind of how he is. He's going to make himself a good player. He's going he he won't be outworked by anybody. That's just who he is. And so when you have a, a ability like that, that 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 determination that way with that kind of work ethic, he you know when you have some ability like that that you're going to make yourself a really good player. And I believe DeAndre's going to do that. Um, because he's going to compete at the highest level defensively. He has a defensive mindset at that size that it allows him to pretty much switch on all, all four or five guys, minimum four guys, to, to, if not all five guys on the floor. When you game planned against him offensively, um, what did you see uh, as his strengths? And then, again, what did you try to take away? Well, if he was making his jump shots, then, you you you, you know, good luck. That was kind of the approach with him as well. I mean, he provided a lot of, you know, you wanted to see, hey, if he's making shots, we got our hands full. That's a significant amount of, you know, of adjustments we had to make, but we were willing to give him, you know, outside shots to make uh, and just try to get there and contest him. But if he was making his jump shot, then forget about it. Is he a strong enough ball handler on the perimeter at his position? Or is that I think he's that more he... of a straight line driver. I think he's mm-hmm. more of a straight line driver, change directions. Um, it's is is much you know more of what I would think he is. So, do you, is that something? I mean, he, he's not really called. He was never really called on to you know to create offense for others. Um, right, that wasn't right. his job, and, and he had capable right. guards around him. Um, right. So, but at the next level, like you said, it's so important to be versatile and be able to create sometimes for yourself. Uh, Will he be able to get to the rim and finish at the at the next level? Well, he played. You know, he played in the system, so he played his role in the system. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I I can't say what he won't be able to do because right. I, I don't know if he was asked to do it quite a bit. I understand, um, but overall, as a player, like you said, high level of com- competition. I think I, mm-hmm. I agree with you completely that his defense is something that'll get him on the floor immediately. Um, yes. And I think he can defend multiple positions, like anywhere from the two to the four. I think in the NBA he'd be able to defend. Um, right. Uh, I think that. Uh, do you? I think also one of his qualities that makes him so sought after is, is that leadership ability. You saw him go up against right. um, Culver in the tournament. You saw uh, when the team. I mean, he was basically the only one hitting shots at certain points during the final he, he, four. He yeah, he ain't backing down from the big moments. I mean, there's a his intangibles are off the charts. Uh those kind of, you know, the the one two, the one you know, the ball and key moments of games. I mean, he has all those those intangibles that you love as a player. Um, obviously as a coach. But um I, I think he he's gonna but again, he his his work ethic will make him he, he's gonna make himself a player. His teammate, Ty Jerome um, outstanding shooter, uh, mm-hmm. very good with the ball. Uh, do you, uh, just just an observance, how good a point guard is he? Is he a natural fit as a point guard, or is he one of those guys who uh, 
you know, is he going to have to develop more of his point guard skills going forward? Again, like you said, what you're asked to do in your offense, and Virginia clearly has a very structured both offensive and defensive right. Uh, right. Uh, strategy. Right. So you may not get to see everything he does, but just observing right. how he takes care of the ball, how he handles the ball, and his shooting ability, um, just where do you see him just as, as far as his talent level and, and maybe his, his uh, potential going forward? Big-time shooter. Obviously, he makes the big-time shots. And, 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 again, played in a structured environment. But uh, I think the key will be what you're asking him to do um, at that position as elite guards. And I think the question, if I had to be critical in the sense of the core question, what will translate is you'll have to play in more space. Mm-hmm. And, on the defense, and on the defensive end of the floor, he's going to have to guard some of those guys in space. You know, there's not, you know, they're not, not everyone's going to be able to load up to the ball the way they did in college to kind of, uh, of help him in that aspect. So if I had to, to have a question mark or, or concern, it's a little, you know, to, uh, I know he'd want to do it. He's willing to do it. But um, again, that would be the only thing that I'd say is that'll be a bigger adjustment at the size and, and at that position. You know, that, I think the point guard position is one of the harder ones to make an adjustment to in that league. Did you see a strong ability out of him to at, at times to be able to create um, for himself off the dribble? Um, do you think he yes. can? Yes, he, he, he shoots it so well. You're going to have to get up on him. Mm-hmm. That allows him to play off that shot, play off the shot fake, and get angles to to, to finish and, and, and pass. So I think he could. He's just a flat out knockdown shooter, it, in your opinion. He, yeah, he yeah he can he can he just shoots it so well. It's not that that's all that he does. He does right. it so well that he's proven that he can beat you doing it. So you're gonna have to get up on him and take that away. The last guy I want to hit on um, before I let you go um, is Nikhil Alexander Walker out of Virginia Tech. Um, another very yeah. intriguing prospect at the small forward position. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> His stock has been rising. Uh, what you know, you obviously again you game planned against this guy, you saw him up close and personal. Virginia Tech didn't maybe have as, as strong a team around him. Did you just look at the stats and just look at every team and every guy that lit us up and just say, you know, that's what <laughs> that, no, he I'm a huge fan of his. I thought he was a heck of a player. Uh, he really stepped up. He was a, he was so efficient. I thought he was as, as efficient as, as probably Zion was the only other guy I thought would be more efficient with the basketball than he was. He just did a little bit of everything, I thought. Just didn't get the – like, the, the the average basketball fan just didn't know about it. That's – I mean, you know, like – No, 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 they didn't. And they had a, they had a balanced team. But, but when you played against him, he was a different player. Like, you knew he wouldn't be there long <laughs> at, at that size. No, I mean, we – oh, yeah, he, he was – man, shot the ball really well. Just seemed – the ball just seemed to find him. If it was offensive rebounds, if it was – Driving clothes out, making plays for others. He just seemed to have, have, have making all the right plays. He was just really, really efficient. I, I just, I, I'm really excited. I think potential wise for the Pelicans. I mean, they could have obviously as many as three packs and uh, three picks in this draft. So, I mean, I think, I think fans are really going to appreciate what you, what you've said, and and getting this um, information um, from your own personal observations. And, and just again, wow. man, I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm still just so in awe of what you did um, when we were in school. <laughs> and uh, like if anybody on here doesn't know, man, go Google.
Google him, look at the film, still has the greatest moment <laughs> in the history of the ACC tournament. Um, and, and just, just this, you know, man, everything, you know, you know, we were always cool at school. Yeah. You're a good person, a great guy. And, and I'm just, I'm so happy for your success, um, as a coach, um, and just as a person. So I, I, I thank you for giving me your time and, um, I look forward always. to seeing you sometime in the future, man. Not a problem at all. Let's catch up soon and the best of luck to you. Thank you so much and go Deeks. Thank you for listening to The Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and Up and Under podcast networks. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, retweet, share with your friends, and most importantly, subscribe today. 